Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Holdcast. Chad Grimsey back alongside Robert Lintot. I had last week off, but maybe I should have took this week this week off because Villa won, Robert. In one hell of a match, too. I mean, I know a lot of people were ragging on that first half and saying it was boring, but who the hell cares? We won. We got an away match win. That's great. Yeah, the first half is for drinking anyways, but <laughs> I mean, it didn't ma- It didn't really matter how it went down because we got the three points and it doesn't really matter if you're playing a promoted team. Going there and taking a three points is great. Yeah, and I would actually argue that this promoted team might have actually been, you know, and I'm not original in this argument, but this promoted team might have been harder than most to uh, visit because it's their first ever Premier League game. I mean, that, that entire stadium was just crazy. Yeah, they they won the championship last year, AFC Bournemouth, and they put up a good fight against us in the FA Cup, and that was that was when we still had Lambert. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. I mean, they they looked ready to play. It was it was a carnival atmosphere. <laughs> it, was, it was the first day. It's always always great to get back to playing meaningful football. Oh yeah, it was. I mean, God, the away fans were in good voice as always. Um, Our away it, fans are the best. Like, yeah. We could just have all of them. Maybe they don't show up to home matches. I don't know. I got to say, now that we've gotten out of there with three points, playing in a stadium that seats fewer than 12,000 people is really cool. Oh, yeah. And now that Villa are winning, maybe Villa Park will be full. <laughs> playing in a stadium that will seat more than 12,000 people? Three times as many? Excellent. Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, speaking of attendance, it was announced today that tomorrow's match against United is officially totally sold out. Good. That's that's what you want to see, and I guess that's what you'd expect. Usually it is for the big teams. Yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing the mosaic in the whole end from Get the Whole End Back. They've been doing a hell of an effort with that this year, and I, I'm looking forward to see if it looks as awesome as I hope it will. Yeah, I'm just looking, to, looking forward to watching a game on Friday afternoon. It'll be awesome. And I would love the idea of Friday night football more if I were in England and it were actually Friday night football. Yeah, kind of like Monday night. Yeah, like Friday 2.45 p.m. football doesn't have quite the same ring to it. No, but it's that EPL TV money. you got to get it. Yeah, exactly. And and that English Defense League money. Yeah. Because remember, that's the only reason we're playing this thing on Friday night is, is the EDL having their march through Birmingham or wherever the hell those raging racists are going to be. I mean, what? Well, yeah, what? Is <laughs> uh, Will, Hughes, Will Hughes one of those guys? Oh, God. Well, now that he's torn his ACL, he's got time. Yeah. Um, um, let's, get back, let's get back to the, the match we played and we won. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so what did you think of that first half? I thought it was satisfactory. I mean, I, like we were saying, going into that tough environment and – we didn't give away a lot of good chances. It was under control. I mean, we didn't we didn't create a whole lot, but still integrating the new players into the squad, and that's going to take time. Yeah, um, it's a, it's an I, entire new team. Think, look at the team that played in the FA Cup final. I think only Westwood yeah. started. Do you buy Sherwood's explanation that they intentionally went out to stifle the crowd in that first half? Yeah, I do, and I think that they were playing a little more conservative. You look at the forwards that they had out there. Like, I mean, they're just three really quick guys, and it was obvious that they were trying to break. Yeah, absolutely. The the thing that makes me really buy um, that explanation that that was intentional was the fact that you know those three chances that they gave up because they were being stupid aside. Villa never looked panicked. They never looked worried. It looked as if 
you know, this were all part of the plan, and they had been meaning to do that all along. And it was nice because we saw that the back line was playing well as a unit. Micah Richards was great. Jordan Amavi was excellent. Kieran Clark was pretty good. And, I mean, what, Bakuna? Yeah. He was Bakuna. Yeah. Uh, it, it, Micah, it didn't cost us. It was okay. Yeah. Micah Richards in particular amazed me because he had spent the entire preseason sort of being shaky in that center back position. And he was, you know, arguably the man of the match. Yeah. Uh, just looked very calm, very confident, very poised. Again, he made kind of a dumb mistake, but didn't clear his line well enough. But he's starting to eliminate those, and he spent most of the match being one of the best players out there. And getting forward. Yeah, absolutely. And and like Adam wrote in his tactical review, his getting forward cut down on what the Burnmouth midfield could do. And and it really limited their options. It you know It made the center... Uh, an untenable position for them to be and shoved everything out to the flanks where they weren't having much success. Yeah, exactly. It put them in a, a tougher position. And although I know we look at the stats and Villa didn't have more possession, they had actually considerably less, but it was what they were able to do with the possession. They still had spells of when it was tough to string three or four passes together, but they also had pretty decent passing moves. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, I think everything we could have asked for, um, in the first half, what were the weaknesses you saw? Just, I think, team cohesion. Yeah. More than anything. Just, I mean, you played the friendlies, but not everyone played 90 minutes together, I don't think. Yeah. Um, Vertu, uh, I don't think it played with most of those people because he played the second half of that Nottingham friendly. No, a lot of people were even saying that some of the newer guys like JV, Jordan V, weren't going to be able to play just because it yeah. was too soon. And then Carlos Hill and Jack Grealish. Obviously, both ended up missing, but I don't yeah. know. I don't think – I think it's nice that Grealish will get a chance to be able to come back when he's perfectly ready. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that we have the depth to allow for something like that is really refreshing. Yeah, indeed. Um, uh, so the first half – what about Ayu? He was the guy that kept getting criticized. Ayu is a guy who I think is a wild card. I mean, you look at what he did at Lorient, and no one expected him to do that there, but he managed to score 12 goals last season – and comes into Villa, and he's he's got good pace. He's got a good shot on him. He can pass the ball pretty well. He doesn't do anything great, but he does everything pretty well, and I think just if he gets some time. And I don't think he's a right winger either. Yeah. I, I thought it was a little weird to essentially play him as a right winger. Um, I think he, he was just he was kind of pigeonholed into that position just so the rest of the team would fit better. Yep, absolutely. I thought a lot of the criticism – uh, going his way was fair in terms of, you know, it was an accurate portrayal of how he played. I thought it was a bit unfair because I think he was put in a position where he was, you know, going to not be at his best. It was sort of yeah, like everything we always saw with Andy Vyman. If he ends up scoring, he's probably man of the match. Yeah. You know, it uh, just comes through with a random goal. Like, Yeah, absolutely. He, I didn't think he looked all that badly. Um yeah, what about Kozak missing the match? What do you make of that? Yeah, I think he deserved to be on the bench. Uh, did, did we ever hear why? I never saw why. No, I think he just preferred the new boy to him. Um, which strikes me as really strange. I, I kept thinking that maybe Kozak picked up a knock. I mean, I could see it, although I think I'd heard about Kozak possibly being loaned or sold the week before, leading up to the match, so 
Yeah. I, I don't. I don't really know what Sherwood's master plan is. He looks. He looks to really wheel and deal. Yeah, it was a little bit interesting because I thought Kozak was one of our best performers in the preseason. Um, and to not see him in in a day where he would have made a lot of sense struck me as really strange. Playing him up front and center instead, yeah, of, instead Gabby. of Gabby. Instead of Gabby, I think for sure. But you weren't going to be able to leave Gabby out of the squad because now we have two captains. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think you could leave Gabby out of the DM squad. Um, <laughs> you, God, I, I was really upset when I saw that we had named him any flavor of captain. I think we should have named him the bench captain. Yeah, the yeah the bench captain, the the clubhouse captain. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's yeah, we're we're going to need you to keep order on the bench here. You know, these lads are sitting around, and and we don't want him to get Riley. Bring him some Lucas aid. <laughs> um, yeah, so I I was a little perplexed by the missing uh, Kozak there. What about that midfield pairing of Gay and Vertu? In, in the opening half. Did you see much that upset you? Did you see much that you liked, or was it just sort yeah, of... Yeah, not, not a whole lot that upset me at all. Yeah. You know, I think they, they're they a really good pairing, at least so far. And yeah. I have reason to think that it wouldn't improve. Absolutely. Vertu, I thought, looked confident when he had the ball. He uh, didn't hesitate to make a charge. He didn't hesitate to try to play a ball into a good position or dribble it into a good position on his own. Um, I really liked what I saw out of him, even though he only got, you know, two-thirds of a match. Yeah, and a lot of those, they just show a lot of promise as well. And, you know, a couple years ago, it was all the talk was Villa just have the youngest team, they're going to go down. Well, managed to survive, and now the young team's kind of starting to grow up, especially with, and with the players that have been brought in. Yeah, absolutely. One thing that really struck me as interesting, um, just, you know, sticking with the first half, is when I saw that lineup, I realized that Tim Sherwood could have done a number of things and I would have been happy, which wasn't really the case last year. There was sort of a starting 11 I wanted to see every single time, and he's got flexibility that he never had last year. He just has so many options, it seems like, at this point. Yeah, absolutely. You know, at, and at, he's times, got all at times... Options. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. At times, the starting 11 picked itself last year just because of necessity. Yeah, and... And he's got all those options, even with a few key injuries, without Relish and Hill, and he still had some flexibility in what he could have put out there. Yeah, and you just you got to think about that in, in training as well, just having so much more squad competition. Mm -hmm. It's going to make the players better. Yeah, absolutely. And the nice thing is there's a lot of room for this this team to grow. Like uh, like we were tweeting about yesterday when Westwood signed his extension, we've now got 11 outfield players uh, signed for the next four or more years. Yeah, exactly. I, I was seeing the news going up on the site, and it was making me really happy because I was like, oh, well, Westwood, he didn't even start, but, well, or he did, but sorry, but, like, he didn't even. Yeah, he did start like, this time. He didn't no, start much. Yeah. You know, he, he didn't start all that he may, often. Yeah, he may, not, he may not always start. Yeah, he was, sorry, he was behind those guys, but if everyone's healthy, maybe he doesn't start. What about Ashley Westwood? One of the most perplexing players around, I think. Set piece wise, <laughs> what the hell? Like, so we finally, finally score on a corner. Yeah, after a day in which Ashley Westwood looks like he still can't take set pieces, and he looks like junk, and we've seen it all preseason. Our only goal comes from Ashley Westwood set piece, so I have to sort of shut up, I guess. And a substitute scored a goal. Yeah, which never happened last year. Rudy. 
<laughs> so talk about Rudy. I know you're really excited about him. What what made you happiest about him? Just his movement, and I don't know. He's obviously another huge body that we have up front, which it'd be fun to see him paired with Kozak and just see what they could do. Just two wrecking balls up front? Yeah, just a double battering ram and just against teams with weak central defense or, yeah, just try to bulldoze them, I guess. Yeah, I could see something like that. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, I don't know, his, his work ethic was good. I was scared. He took a knock late on. Mm -hmm. He had already used all our subs because somehow Sherwood used all our subs, but Rudy just did. He was great. Um, yeah, he did take that knock, but he seems fine. Um, there there haven't been any injury reports with him in them. This yeah, week. yeah, no, he, he carried on and looked all right for the rest of the match. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what do you think about the refereeing? Uh, I saw Clattenburg run out, and I said, you know what I said, oh, it's Clattenburg, like, great. <laughs> yeah, I thought Burnmouth got a, away with a lot in that match. There I were, think there were, there were several there. players. They're always mm -hmm. going to at home, at home in that kind of a match. Yeah, there were several players who, when they got their first yellow card, I thought that should be three. I mean, that's why that's why it's nice to have Grealish. If if he goes on against those guys, someone's probably getting sent off. Yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, I thought Clattenburg had a pretty crap day. But what else do you expect from Premier League refereeing at this point? Yeah. Um, the good news is none of it ended up killing us. No, exactly, and you seem to have frozen a little, Jack. Yeah, so my internet froze for a second, but <laughs> no, none of it, none of it ended up killing us. And if you if you watch the Chelsea match, Chelsea Swansea after Courtois was dumb, and he now he's suspended. Yeah, that Courtois red card. Good God. What was he doing? Deserved. He just waited. Yeah. You gotta come up. If you're gonna go out, you have to get it. Yeah. Um pretty incredible to see that. Um, and, but Begovic though, I was like, hmm, well, what if we had bought Begovic? <laughs> Who would Chelsea have been playing? Maybe Shea Given. Wait, no. <laughs> Shea Given to Stoke. We've had a lot of, of business done this summer. Yeah, we have. Um, but like we were talking about a little earlier, earlier, let's get back to those contracts. Baker? I think Baker's a good one to have signed, too, because it looked like he was going to go to Burnley like Matt Lowden, but I'm glad to see him stick around because now news is coming out today that Senderos could be off. Yeah, absolutely. We're seeing rumors that he could be off for something like 2 million euros or something. Like How? Who, the, who? Honestly, where did your this money just come from? I mean, I actually get 2 million euros for him. That's not that much. We signed him for free, and he played eight games for us. Yeah, and he looked pretty good in those eight games. Yeah, he kicked the shit out of Balotelli, so that's <laughs> a lot of people. I mean, the, the thing is, two million euros really isn't that much. It's like, what, 1.5 million pounds? But the euro is that? tanking, I guess. I'll give you that. Yeah, I just... It's it's one of those things that part of me goes, how did we, how are we going to get any money for him? But then it's like, yeah, he's... He's an international level defender, two million euros. If if we bought him for two million euros, I wouldn't bat an eye. Exactly. I mean it's like Crespo or, you know. Essentially we're valuing him at what? Four times the amount of Crespo. Yeah. I sorry Crespo. I guess I can see that. It seems a little high, but you know. Um Yeah. But yeah, you're right. That but Baker it, contract looks like it could be really good for us, um, and it allows him time to develop. He can go out on loan now. 
Exactly. And I think we need to start working the loan market a lot more because you obviously look at Bayern, Juventus, Chelsea, probably most of all teams that are really good. Barcelona, I mean, that's where you develop your players. You can't do yeah. it in the, in the second league, in the U18 league. Yeah. Um, and even, so then, even if someone like Gardner goes out on loan, you know. <laughs> and gets injured again. Oh, my God. Uh, poor Gary Gardner. I feel so badly for that guy. Yeah. Just, I mean, he seems like a really nice guy, too. Yeah. I mean, his brother is is a blue nose and a baggie. Yeah. We, we, we don't mention that. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, let's, yeah, let's. We got Baker. We got Clark. We have Richard uh, Gabby, even. Yeah, absolutely. On on slightly longer contracts there. Uh, the next one up, I think, is Akora. He's his his is. God damn it! Be done next two year? summers now. Oh, two. Two summers from now. That's a long way off. I mean, you have to you have to get him tied down, but at least it's not running out next summer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we've got a year before that one really becomes mission critical. But I, I think if you can get him tied down sometime in December, that would be good business. And it's huge how Lerner is opening up the checkbook so even some of these players can get now get bigger contracts. Mm -hmm. and, you know, because you're going to have to give a bigger contract for a bigger buyout clause. Like, we lost Delph. It sucks. We lost Benteke, and that's okay. But maybe next time we want to lose him for $40 million instead of 32 Yeah, absolutely. It's... um. I don't know, and, and Lerner should be given credit for opening the checkbook, but, you know, do keep in mind the fact that we've brought in something like $45 million in incoming fees this year. Oh, oh yeah, but also over the past few years, we really grinded, and Paul Lambert did a great job to eliminate some of the contracts and survive. Yeah, you can say what you will about Paul Lambert, but, yeah, he, he really cut down on that Martin O'Neill excess. Yeah, he earned his money. He really earned his money. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that's the really amazing thing to me is we practically rebuilt this team, and the net spend has to be. I mean, because I haven't seen all of the numbers and I don't know precisely, but right now our net spend has to be under ten million. Oh no, I think I think I looked the other day in transfer market, and we were like plus five. Oh wow! I mean, yeah, it's we've rebuilt the team for practically nothing at this point. Um, yeah, we stayed within. And, and with the money coming in, you know, mm -hmm. no no reason to think that Tom Fox and Randy Lerner and even Sherwood aren't completely on top of everything. Yeah, absolutely. And our new, you know, sporting director, too. I, I wonder what role he's playing in all of this. Yeah, I mean, he's probably, maybe, hopefully, he's talking to Barcelona. Yeah, and uh, talking to Barcelona about Adama Traore. Traore? Traore. <laughs> That's literally the first time I've said that out loud. Triore. 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 Adama. <laughs> Let's call him Adama, because I think this is what everyone calls him. You can just call him Hulk. Have you seen him, his shirtless picture? Is he ripped? He's massive, yeah. Um, are, you, are you excited about this possible signing? Yeah, I don't think there's any reason not to be, because just... He fits in with the, the kind of players Villa are bringing in, not necessarily English, even though Sherwood said that's what he's going to be bringing in for the rest of the window. But, again, just banter. That's been my favorite quiet storyline this week, was like Saturday or Sunday, Sherwood said, yep, going to be English players. We haven't been connected to a single English player this week. I'm honestly surprised that he signed so many foreigners just because from his team selection previously, we thought 
you really only liked English players. It turns out we don't know a damn thing about Tim Sherwood. <laughs> like, he is the most interesting manager in the Premier League. He is, and and he's. I'm legitimately getting to the point where I've gone beyond. You know, midway through this summer, it was I have faith in him because he seemed to do well in three months. I'm getting to the point where I have faith in him because he seems like an intelligent guy. Exactly, and that's why I was like Tactics Tim was just such a troll nickname because everyone's like, oh, he's an idiot. He just runs four four two and just says, oh, go attack the go, lads. Like, I don't know, but he's actually he's actually got something some substance behind it. Yeah, if you didn't see it this week on the site, Alex wrote a column that basically said maybe we should call him Tactics Tim seriously. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean he had a weird squad to work with at Villa. Yeah, and, and at Spurs and he won a bunch of games, more games than anyone else, you know. His win ratio. Yeah. What could you say about his win ratio? He, he doesn't have a good draw ratio. I'll say that. <laughs> I hear his win percentage is second to none. Second to none. Second to How none. How about that? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and he's been fantastic with Villa. It's I'm I'm still of the mind that we are going to be blown out of the water a few times. Oh yeah, like Southampton was just that. That was just preparation for what's to come. We're going yep. to get nuked. Absolutely. If We're going to get nuked. I guess, I, I don't know. If you saw what happened in China, like, that's going to happen one time. No, Jack. But. We can't. No. No, we're going to we're going to get blown out of the water like the Spanish Armada. Let's yeah. keep this to our English audience. Keep it historical. <laughs> keep it to our English audience. They always love sinking the Spanish Armada. Yeah. Um, speaking of Spanish. But, but we'll uh, have some Spanish players on our team. Yeah, speaking of Spanish, uh, those of you listening won't be able to see this, but those of you watching, just take a moment and admire uh, the Jose Angel Crespo work going on Jack's face right there. Yeah, I've, I've just decided uh, not, not to shave for a bit. Maybe I'll just not shave until Villa lose. But I, I, uh, I like the idea of uh, Crespo the Magnificent and his assistant Grimsley the Magnificent. And, and we're, what are we going to do, sit on the bench? I'll make this... <laughs> Bench disappear, and then we'll just. <laughs> I'll make this deficit turn to nothing. <laughs> we will disappear into the stands. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've got uh, Adama. Not even gonna try it. Uh, we've got him potentially coming in. Everything looks like he's going to come in. I I've written about this on the site a couple of times. It's a really weird rumor because of the fact that it looks really sure that he's coming, and yet the price being reported is anywhere between four million and twelve million pounds. Yeah, and then some people see the deficit, and like it was first eight million, right, and then twelve, and they're like, "Oh, it's a four million deficit. Oh, he's going to be sold for four million. Just, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if anyone really knows except the people who are making the deal. Maybe yeah. agents, you know. Yeah, there could be an agent's fee in there somewhere. His contract could be worth four point two million over the span of five years, you know. But the thing that would make all of this strange and the thing that's been perplexing me is there might be ways to explain this, but they are not ways that the English press ever report these deals. So why start now? Uh, for the clicks, I guess. I don't know. The same reason we do everything. To give me an excuse to write an 1,100-word column about what the hell is happening? Yeah, probably. Thank you for that, English press. I really but appreciate also, it. Also, going back to speaking of Spanish players, David De Gea, I, I thought you were going to go back to sneaking way into the stands for that one. No, no, for a sangria. <laughs> so uh, De Gea is set to miss uh, Friday's match, tomorrow's match. Uh, this is a good thing for Villa, right? 
it's it can only be a good thing. Sergio Romero was shaky. Victor Valdez does not want to play for them. And I, I don't know if I would call Romero shaky. I thought he had a decent match against. He had a couple. He had mostly good moments, but I don't know. It's it's always interesting with him for some reason. I think any way you look at it, he's 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 a world class caliber keeper. But he's oh yeah, not. he went with Argentina to the World Cup final. He kept them in a bunch of matches. Yeah, he's a world class keeper, but he is not a David De Gea world class keeper. No. Um, I mean, this is not like if Brad Guzan was out and we put in Jed Steer. That would be bad. <laughs> I don't know. He he only gave up one goal in that last match of the year. I I can't believe he played in that match still. Yeah, that was so bizarre. Why um, did we even have to play that match? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just take the day off. Apparently they were already relegated. Yeah, and, and we were safe. We didn't care. Uh, but yeah, De Gea missing is definitely a good thing, especially given the fact that almost everywhere else, Manchester United seem pretty healthy. Yeah, except they, I think they're still in the market for a striker. Yeah, so so health issues, the players they have, are fine. Um, but yeah, talk about that problem with striker there. I mean, why is that a problem for a team like Manchester United? Personally, I, I think they probably should have just bought Benteke. And that would have filled the void because they sold Robin Van Persie. His, I mean, he's injured his ankle. It's never going to be the same. They shipped him off to Turkey, whatever. Um, Rooney, they think Rooney could maybe play up front. Depay is still getting used to shifting from a left forward, like inside forward, to playing a number 10 behind a striker and adjusting to the Premier League. So I don't know. He, he could figure it out against Villa. And they have tons of good creative players like Juan Mata. And, I, I mean, I they, but they just don't have, they don't have a big bruiser up front. Have Manchester United ruined Wayne Rooney? Oh, well, if so, they also made him, so... Yeah, but I mean, it's just so weird, because they're playing him where he should be playing now, and yet... Maybe I Louis wonder... Van Hall is ruining him. Say that again? Maybe Louis Van Hall ruined Wayne yeah. Rooney. Yeah, I mean, they're playing him where he should be played now, and I'm still not sure if he's going to be all that effective, just because I'm not sure he knows what the hell to do anymore. Cut to him scoring three. Yeah, he always destroys us. He scores either a brace or doesn't score. I think he did for the last 12 matches or eight matches, something. Yeah. Um, no, I think Benteke would have been a huge boon to them, and I'm really surprised that they didn't go in for him, although I'm sort of glad. I don't think I'm ready for Benteke to walk into Villa Park for the second match of the season. Oh, that wouldn't be a lot of fun, no, but if they... I, I mean, mean, that would be tough. Yeah. Especially, I think I'd rather see Fabian Delph. What, on the bench? <laughs> you can see him slithering his way through the grass there. Yeah, Rudy, or Rooney has 13 goals against Villa and more than against any other team. So, How many players, I wonder, because we always hear stuff like that, how many players have more goals against Villa than against any other team? I'm not sure, but here's another stat. Since the start of 2013-14... No. froze again. Oh. Oh, there you are. Am I back? Yep, you're back. All right, here we go. Since the start of 2013-14, Rudy Justita scored 20 headed league goals, more than anyone else in the top four tiers of English football. Oh, all right. Boom. So I, right. I don't know. I, he seems like – we were talking about him earlier. He seems like a guy who maybe can only score with his head, you think, at first. But then he flashed yeah. that volley across goal, and it, it was a great effort. Yeah, and absolutely. At, at first, that was like $6 million from a random guy from Blackburn, but okay. Yeah, absolutely. It went a few inches wide, and, um, you know, it, it looked like it could have gone in. If it if it had just been a little over to the right, it would have gone in. It was past the keeper. That was not a problem. 
yeah, um, sorry. Sorry to digress on that, but final thoughts. I think he probably will start for the Manchester United match. Yeah, I think so too. He he made a case for himself. Um, and, and that lineup, the way it shook out at the end of that Burnmouth match there, it seemed like a smart way to go against United. Because um, it's solid defensively, and it also has some strong, potent attacking ability. You can, you can take it to United with that. And that's what it's going to take. It's, it's got to start with defense. And I think now with the squad that Sherwood has, both the defenders and the midfielders, it's really that's what it's built to do. As, as, well, as well as have some fireworks going forward. Little part of me wonders: Do you start with Sanchez, so you have that bruiser in the holding position? Yeah, uh, let him let him pick up a card and then take him off. Yeah, let and then bring in Westwood a little bit later, maybe. Or alternatively, maybe don't start Vertu, put Westwood in his place, and put Sanchez back in that holding mid position. Yeah, and then you, I mean, or you could shift four to midfield and only play with two strikers. Yeah, you can play I, Rooney I mean, and Ayu. Yeah, there's there's a lot of options here. Um, Sinclair didn't impress me in the first match. No, he didn't. But that said, um, you know, he was fired during the preseason. So oh, he's bought it. he's bought himself a lot of room in my book. Yeah, he impressed me. Well, in the first, I was gonna say he impressed me more than Gabby, but not in the first match actually. Gabby, I thought was more useful than Sinclair was. Definitely. Um, I mean, we don't we don't do predictions anymore. So we, sorry, we don't we don't have one for you. But, but if we did, there's no way in hell we would predict a win. Because Aston Villa have not beaten United at Villa Park for 20 years. Yeah, they just don't do it. Mm. It's, it's, uh, it's a tricky little situation. So uh, you will never catch us predicting the win. In fact, I looked it up today. I was counting. Uh, since that point in 95, Villa have only beaten United three times, I think. So three times since I was three. Yep. Great. Um, yeah. That's... Yeah. Yeah, that's that's sad. Yeah. Did you see Alex's tweet today? Aston Villa haven't beaten Manchester United at Villa Park since he was 26 days old. Yeah, see, there you go. I tweeted at Alex and told him he was fired for making me feel old. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess I guess before we go and have to break the news to Alex that he's fired, uh, we'll, <laughs> do, we'll do a couple of Twitter questions. And this one is, is the Villa defense properly structured to meet the needs of the season ahead, it was from at Speak Reason, and I said, "Yeah, we, I think so, Robert. I'm, I think you feel somewhat similar." I, I think the structure is there. I think we need a little bit more depth. A little, yeah, and it's just gonna hopefully when Akora comes back, that'll help a lot. But if Cinderose is going out, I think um, at the very least you can't lend out Baker then, oh. um, and you probably need to bring in another center back. Although if Crespo, who we haven't heard of since his injury against. Nottingham was it? Yeah, the final whichever, friendly. Yeah, whichever preseason he was in, um, if he's back, he provides depth at all four positions on the back, on the back line. So, um, if he's healthy, he may be our answer. Yeah, that that's huge to be able to play anywhere. But next question: best hair on the team? I think it's got to be Rudy. Really, I would have said Amavi. Amavi yeah, is pretty good. He's got some pretty great hair. And I think there's some serious contention from Mark Bunn, who looks like he stepped out of Dawson's Creek. Yeah, Robert Robert really likes Mark Bunn. Listen, I've got a bit of a crush on Mark number. Bunn. <laughs> uh, and, and, oh, and let's be honest here. The best hair on the team is not on anybody's head. It's Crespo's beard. <laughs> Probably. Uh, that, that hair is perfect. Um... 
that man just makes me smile every time I see him. Isn't it nice to have players that don't look like Hutton? <laughs> Unfortunately, we still have a player that looks like Hutton. Yeah, for now, but <laughs> could, could be could be moving out. Oh, yeah, and one, one final thing. I went to the North American Villains meetup in San Diego at the Bluefoot Bar, and it was great to watch watch the game with a ton of other Villa fans and had a charity raffle, raised money for acorns, and did a bunch of good stuff, so I'll be writing about that, and we'll be seeing it on the site. So how many villains were there? Tell me about this a little bit. Um, probably close to, I think, 40. I don't know. There were a lot of people there. and so, Close to 40? Yeah, close to 40 from, obviously, the San Diego chapter, Chicago, Arizona, just all over Canada, and just really nice that a lot of villains could get together and watch a match. Absolutely, and nice to see the win, too. Yeah, and nice um, to see you win. Another opening day win for Villa. How was uh, drinking at 7 in the morning with a bunch of Villa fans? Yeah, the West the West Coast is a little weird if you if you haven't watched the football there. but There um, is nothing worse, let me tell you, than the, what is it, the 7.30 a.m. kickoff? So yeah, that the, was 4.30 a.m. That was the Man yeah. United Spurs. No one, yeah, the, no one got up for that. Everyone was recovering from uh, the night before. I did that at Christmas last year because we had one of those 12:30 in Birmingham kickoffs, and we had one of those. And I was at home in the West Coast, and getting up in the middle of December at 3:30 to get a match thread up made me want to die. Especially given the fact that it was the middle of December, Aston Villa. Yeah, that was a pretty bad, pretty bleak time. It was. It was. The, it was the worst. But. Yeah, but uh, anyways, great, great to be in San Diego, not in somewhere cold in the middle of December, <laughs> and beautiful seventy degrees, and yeah, just a great, great Villa weekend. So get to that next year, I guess if you if you missed it this time. But a couple couple guys recognized me from the podcast, so that was pretty cool. You you texted me that, and I spent the next two days telling everyone I know. Oh yeah, my friend, you know the co-host of the podcast was at a baseball game in San Diego, and someone recognized him. Yeah, it's shocking, but I said we're really famous cool. to a group of like three hundred people. Yeah, no, a lot of people have actually been listening, I guess, lately. So keep it thank up, you guys. Thank you guys Everyone for that. We're on we're on iTunes, of course. Sorry about the ad. Wanted to apologize for that. If you've been hearing an ad on iTunes, we don't get any money for that, so <laughs> like to apologize. Oh, uh, so we're if also you don't like the sponsor. Don't buy anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just stick it to the man that way but we're also of course on blog talk radio and stitcher and as well as youtube where we've been getting a lot of views so thanks for looking at our faces if, if you do that um but anyways um match is tomorrow and that's in the afternoon but of course we'll have all the coverage for you at 7500tohold.com and on twitter robert is mostly the voice of our twitter so get in get into some banter with him robert anything before the end of the episode no, uh, other than uh, stay tuned at noon England time tomorrow, uh, Cartilage Free Captain and 7500 to Hold are announcing the single biggest event in SB Nation soccer history. So stay tuned for that. That's a big one. Yeah, it's, it's, it's big news. Massive, massive really. Sure, we're, we'll have Sherwood on hand to unveil it. <laughs> Jack Woodward's going to be there yelling about it. Yeah, AVTV. <laughs> <laughs> uh, special noticed, event. We we should we should take a moment to thank the official site. Have you noticed autoplay is dead? Great success. Yep. So good job, Aston Villa. That is the that may be the single best thing you've done this summer. 
Was that one of the suggestions you gave them? No. So oh. they, they did that of their own volition. Although I've given that suggestion 30, 40 times on Twitter. <laughs> so maybe they listen to me, or maybe they listen to the thousands of other people who said it. Maybe, but either way, no autoplay on the official site. We're happy for that. But remember, check 7,500 to hold tomorrow. And on Twitter, of course, we'll have the match thread. We'll be around for that game against Manchester United, hoping for a Villa win. Until next time, for Robert Lintot, I've been Jack Grimsey. Thanks for watching the Holdcast.